Welcome to the Soul Life Podcast. My name is Srili Fruchter, and if you're ready to start living your soul life, then you've come to the right place. This is the Rav Kook Chabura, Finding Your Life. Let's get into it. The way I like to think about any time we're learning a piece from Rav Kook is that it's a contact lens sheer. And what I mean by that is that we're basically putting on Rav Kook contact lenses to see the world as he sees it, to see existence and to think about our lives in Judaism and Torah through that lens. And today we're talking about self-love. And I think that as I was naming what the Chaburah was going to be, I immediately felt a resistance because I think that we're so often a little bit hesitant to engage in the idea of self-love because like, you don't want to be so conceited. You don't want to be so arrogant. You know, it, it, we're all so involved in the self. What we've seen with Ruf Cook is that Ruf Cook doesn't see thinking about yourself and thinking about ontology and about human existence and human nature as anything that's problematic or wrong. For Ruf Cook, that makes sense because we as souls are trying to recognize ourselves and trying to get a greater understanding of self-awareness and what that means in relation to Hashem. So this first piece we're going to start off with is really something that I think is phenomenal. Where if Cook basically tells us that we don't want to be moral, we want to be holy because holiness includes morality. So it already accomplishes what morality does, but it also does not ignore the importance of self-love. And we'll switch off a bit between the Hebrew and the English. The ultimate purpose in life is holiness. Right, so often we're doing everything in Judaism, we're doing kashras, we're doing davening, all these different things, and it all comes down to the question, what's the goal? What is the goal of what we're trying to do? For Rav Cook, it's very clear, that's holiness. And we'll unpack a bit what, what he means by holiness. But for right now, I think just moving forward, we'll see a bit how he starts to understand that. That holiness is the supreme unity. That it's almost, as Rev Aaron will say, it's wholeness. W-H-O-L-E-N-E-S-S. It's this wholeness. It's this idea of this oneness of the universe that we're all connected. That there's a, a one that includes multiplicity, that includes all different people, that includes all different facets. And it doesn't have the weaknesses of morality. That morality is good, but there are some holes to it. There are some things that are not working with morality. When we're trying to be moral, it's noble and it's right and it makes sense, but there's something that's missing. That that's the problem. Morality goes against self-love. In a way, because we're going to see what type of self-love Rav Kook is talking about. But he says that holiness, if you're trying to be holy and that's the focus of what you're doing, then you're actually engaging in radical self-love in the most extreme form of self-love possible. What does that mean? He says, It's rooted in the depths of each life soul, that what you engage with when you engage in self-love, and we're going to see what, so what he means by self-love, is you're actually placing yourself in the highest statures of existence. Righteousness beyond your wildest dreams, the ultimate purpose of existence, you're making yourself whole, W-H-O-L-E, which makes you holy. What does that mean? And he goes even further, the more you love yourself, the more you love yourself, the more you will dispense good on your community, on the world, on all of existence. What Rav Cook is saying sounds crazy. There doesn't seem to be any correlation. 
the more I love myself, the more I'm going to be holy. And therefore, the more I'm going to do good for the world. What is he talking about? So as we're going to see a little bit later on, when Rav Cook sells self-love, he's not talking about baby self-love. When I say baby self-love, think of a tree. If Imagine this tree, and it's a huge tree. The whole trunk goes all the way up, and it breaks off into branches, that breaks off into twigs, that breaks off into leaves. Now imagine you're one of the leaves on the branch, on that entire tree. And the leaf says to itself, I want to have self-love. I love myself as a leaf. I'm the best leaf, and I'm so good, and I'm working at myself, and I just have so much compassion, so much connection to myself as a leaf. That's really awesome. That's really important to have that self-awareness, that self-assurance. But for Rav Cook, that's baby self-love. When Rav Cook sells self-love, he means don't just love yourself as a leaf. Love yourself as a leaf that's a part of the whole tree. That self-love means I love the other leaf because at our core, we're all part of the same root, the same root soul, which is what we call Hashem. We're all outgrowths, unfoldings of Hashem. And we're like the leaves that, that emerge from the twigs, that emerge from the branches, that emerge from the trunk. And the more conscious we are of that, the more we realize that that leaf is not my competitor. He's my completion. She's my completion. She makes me whole in a way that is greater than whole as Srili, but whole in the sense of family, of community, of world, of existence, not in like a nice symbolic way, like, oh, you know, we're all so connected, we're a class together. Literally, the spiritual makeup of the world, and even I think in science recognizes this, when you break down everything, you break down into particles, into atoms, and at its core, there's this really phenomenal, I'm forgetting who it was, and I saw this on, there was this institute in Britain, where we were speaking about energy, and he said, the presenter was explaining, I'm made of energy. And he points to someone in the audience and he says, and between us is energy. And you're made of energy too. That is the building block of the universe. So you and I are ultimately connected. But we don't have that cognizance. We don't have that consciousness, that awareness of that thing. So for Rav Cook, morality feeds into the idea that I'm a leaf. I'm a leaf and that's all that I am. And you're a leaf too. So I care about the other leaves because like, I want to be a nice leaf. You know, I want to grow into be a good leaf that the other families will be admirable about. I'll update my leaf in page, whatever LinkedIn pun would fit in there. But for a cook, it's no. Radical self-love means you expand your sense of self beyond your immediate surrounding. It's not just me, Srilly, but self in the way that every part, everyone is part of my higher shared greater self, Hashem, the root of all souls. Nishmat goes on to tell us, And it's not in the public's interest. It's not in the interest of a group of people or a social group, wherever you want to understand that, to go towards weakening the self-love. Why would that be? Because for the group, there's one self. When you're on a team, you don't want the team to suffer. When you're playing a sport or you're on a recital or whatever you're involved with, if one person does badly, you're all doing badly. You don't win if your teammate fails. So your teammate's success is your success. When one wave rises, all the waves rise. When good things happen to Ellie, it happened to Batya, to happen to Kyle, good things are happening to me. It may be in some way because they're being their best selves in front of me in some immediate way that I'll identify. But in reality, they are part of my shared greater self and I'm part of their shared greater self. And we're all just trying to do the best for our highest self, for the self of all selves, Hashem. And Rukh just goes on, and we won't go into the Hebrew so much for this part, 
They said that morality can be destructive and can decay and consume all because for morality, it's still pitting me and Ellie. We are against each other. We're not part of the same self. And the only reason I'm going to help Ellie is not because of some reality. It's because I want to be good. But if I don't have the motivation to be good anymore, if I don't have the motivation to reach outside of myself, then I have no reason to help Kyle. I have no reason to help Batya. The reason that I would with Kedusha, with holiness, is because even if I don't feel that way, that's okay. But the reality is, if Kyle loses, I'm in a sense, I am also losing. Hashem, in a sense, is losing. The oneness of the universe is also losing. That's why we don't ask for moral nations. We're not supposed to be, the Jewish people, a moral nation. We're supposed to be a holy nation. The more the Am, the nation, strengthens itself, it elevates an inner and outer value. That when the nation, when a holy nation gets better, it's not competing, it's not chauvinistic. It's raising up all of the universe, all of existence. And again, that's working beneath the surface, but even practically, when you're in that awareness and you're in that mindset and your country is doing well, or your people or your community, by nature, you know it's not supposed to start and end with us. It may start with us, but it should extend to everyone. There's no limit of where the goodness should go. That's why for Rav Kook, holiness is so fundamental. That Torah is a science that tunes us into the holy channel, tunes us into the holiest version, the most whole, the most complete version of ourselves. That when you're in a really great stage of life and you feel so good, you feel in the flow, things are working at your job, at your internship, with your friends, with all of your personal goals, you want to do good. There's a natural yearning of the soul to do good. You are in a better mood. You find yourself more willing to be flexible, to help out other people. All these things, you're trying to extend yourself beyond what's expected. That's not from morality, because morality has to be a little bit more of an intellectual idea. It's unnatural in a way to be moral if you're separate. That you have to, you have to force yourself to be moral in a way, because it's not who you are. Just by scientific, the body looks to survive. But if my body, if I'm a part of the shared body, the shared self of the universe, then I'm trying to actualize the universe's existences, the oneness, Hashem's greatest interest. So for Rav Kook, that's why when one wave rises, we all rise. And we may feel like, oh, well, well, I don't think we should be discouraging people to be moral. We shouldn't. Morality is amazing. But just realize that if you're holy, you should already be moral. You cannot be holy without being moral. It's impossible. Holiness, according to Rav Kook, includes morality. All the things you do if you're moral, the tzedakah, the kind deeds, going outside your comfort zone, amazing. Holiness includes that and doesn't include any of the weaknesses. It does not negate self-love. It does not negate that instinct that we each have as a soul to find recognition, to find significance, to find a presence, a space for us to show up and fill up. And by the way, if anyone has any questions or comments, feel free to just unmute or raise your hand like as, uh, as usual, or feel free to just listen and tune in and follow along. Um, and I want to go to the next piece of Rav Kook. I just selected a few different ones to identify what we mentioned earlier, the real love and the fake love. We don't want fake love. Fake love is limiting and it has the same flaws as morality. And we'll see what Rav Kook says here. When you think about the oneness of existence, 
the question of self-love, it doesn't have any meaning. It has this almost like the, the sinful component. And here he's speaking about the self-love that is not what we want. And it's the foundation of morality. And that's when you're acting only for yourself. That I want to do good because I want to do good. I'm choosing to do good. That right now, it's not my best interest to do good. I have no reason to help out that person other than the fact that I want to be a good person. And if you're doing that, amazing. That's a great way to be, right? That's, that's a fantastic place to be in. But is it the best? Is it the ideal place? Well, no, because you're still seeing yourself as a leaf that's completely separate from the entire tree, from every other leaf, from every other twig, that you're a drop in the ocean that is somehow separate from the ocean, that you're not really part of that shared flow, that shared way, that shared oneness. Because if you really love everyone, loving everyone, loving everyone like you love yourself, that is true self-love. That's the exalted, supreme self-love. And the fake, the deceitful self-love, you're limiting yourself. I love Srili, and that's all the self-love that I need. What that means is that my love starts and ends with Srili. It's, it's limited to my confines. But there's so much more love that I could channel. I can expand so much greater than that. Why would I limit my potential, limit the way that I can impact the world, the way that I can connect to people, the way that I could raise up and make a better tomorrow by focusing only on myself? Because if myself, lowercase s, grows to become myself, uppercase s, then I'm tuning into Hashem. Then I'm tuning into the song of existence, the song of oneness. And so Rav Kook says, Not only are you foolish, if you think that you're going to limit yourself, that you're the leaf that is not connected to a greater tree, that is separate from every other leaf you see, but it's actually evil. That's where evil comes from. Because for evil, it's that I'm going to be as good as it's in my interest, but once my interest separates from your interest, the two are separate, then I got to go with myself. Then I, got, I have to cash in. I, I just can't do it anymore. I cannot sustain trying to help you when it goes against me. But if you realize that in the realm of Kedusha, in the realm of what Torah is teaching us, or if Cook is telling us, your best interest should always include the best interest of other people. Now, practically, it may not always be possible, right? I want to go right, bot you want to go left. We just can't do both. But what it should mean is that when I'm choosing to go right, I should be taking into account that I hope that maybe when I get better from this choice, I can come back to help other people. That it doesn't end with my country being successful. It does not end with me getting the job that I want. It starts with my own tiny self-love, but it is limitless. It allows me to manifest something really spectacular. It allows me to manifest more than what I could imagine. Because if you live in an awareness of a small-minded awareness, if you live with an awareness that it's just you and you're out there just trying to work with Hashem, Hashem is some guy in the sky, a separate spirit, a being out there, then you have to work for yourself and it makes sense. That's the instinct of human beings. The instinct is to drive yourself, to go forward, to survive in real life, like to literally to live, but also to survive and to thrive. But if you realize that yourself is greater than just you, then you ask something much higher. And Rav Kook, in his next piece we're going to see, tells us that emuna, 
how we normally understand as faith, that should bring you to love. If Imuna is not bringing you to love yourself as an individual, but love yourself as part of a collective, you have the wrong Imuna. You got the wrong Torah because something is not working out. There is a miscalculation in the equation. The person who experiences Imuna in purity, he loves everyone. No exceptions. No one is left behind. You love the person that cut you off. You have the person that cursed you out. You love the person that is doing things that are really bothering you because you have emuna. And all that is in his eyes, it's ascension and it's repairment, it's a tikkun. And the way of the repairment, the way of the tikkun is to be filled with morality and uprightness according to the level of emuna in your heart. The more that you have emuna, the more that you are living Hashem in your life, you're living with God consciousness, the more you're plugged in. And when one appliance is plugged in, when one light glows, it illuminates, it spreads its light outward for every other appliance, for every other person to shine their light. That if someone else is successful in my field and I don't have the same success as them, there's no issue. Because ultimately we're both working for the same self. We're both specific rays of God's light. And Hashem said, ray of light, you're going to go into the body of Srila. You're going to go into that character. And your job makes really shine because I need Srila to shine. And when the other ray of light goes into Ellie, then the mission is make Ellie shine. Make Jordan shine. Make the light light up the entire world. Be an or lagoyim. But very practically, I want to look at this last piece by Rav Cook as we wrap this up to just see how Rav Cook viewed the world. And I think, again, we're putting on the contact lenses of Rav Cook. We are seeing the world as Rav Cook sees it. He says, Ani I love everything. It's not possible. I cannot but love everything, everyone. All nations, not just the Jewish nation. How could I not love Muslims and Christians and Buddhists and the Poles and every single person in the world? People from Africa, people from Australia, how can I not love them? From the depth of my heart. I want everyone to be whole. I want everyone to repair their brokenness, to find what is not allowing their light to shine through, why they are not channeling their best selves. That it's almost like the same way I feel pain when I'm not in the flow, when I'm not as my best self as I'm meant to be. I feel pain when I see others who are not as their best self because I love them. But my love for the Jewish people, which is my more immediate branch, right? Even though we're all part of one tree, I'm still closer in proximity to certain twigs than others. So yes, I love the Jewish people a little bit more because I love my siblings a little bit more than other people. I love my parents a little bit more than other people because there's a natural instinct that each soul has a connection. And some nations love their nation more than other people and that's so fine. But the baseline is I love everything. But the inner desire spreads with the power of its love on all, literally. 
Mamash. That when I love the Jewish people, it does not end with the Jewish people. My love for the Jewish people takes this light with extension cords across the entire New York City, across the entire America, across the entire world, because my love burned so bright. And I don't need to force this. It's just so natural. That when I'm tuned into my soul, to who I really am, to myself, I can't but love everyone. I love every single thing. I love every blade of grass. I love the way the wind blows, the way the animals howl. And you're living in a theme of love, that your world becomes a world of love. That when people wrong you, when things are going on, you're trying to make them greater. You're trying to say, how can I bring this to a better place? How can I make this more than it needs to be? Because the same way that I have my best interest in mind as an individual, I have my best interest in mind as a soul. And as a soul, I'm not limited to my personal soul. There's a collective soul, a world soul, a oneness to the world. And through that, Rav Kook tells us, you can't but love everyone. Rav Kook has this piece elsewhere where he says that he wishes he had arms big enough to hug the whole world. And you just think that if we had a little bit more love in the world, if we had a little bit more love for ourselves as individuals, do you give yourself compassion and kindness and care? Do you look at yourself with eyes of love, with soft eyes, seeing that things are difficult, that it's okay to not be your best self today and to make space and room for failure? Are you able to extend beyond yourself? Are you able to say that I know this, this, cash reg- this uh, cashier is a little bit more rude to me, but I love myself because I know that they're a soul too and they're a soul just trying their best and their, their best may not be my best, but their best comes from a lifetime of experiences of a story that I've never read. And I love them too much to get angry. I love my community too much to fail them. I love the world too much to give up when it gets hard. I love, I love them too much to give up hope. That is Ruf Koch's contact lenses. That is how he views the world. And he implores us to go back to the beginning to get holy. Holiness, we just sometimes think, is this old guy with a beard who sits in a tent and is surrounded by svarim and holy books and is learning isolated. And maybe, maybe that is. But really, holiness for Ruf Koch is self-love that is uppercase self. That is the self that is the oneness of the world, the oneness of the universe, the oneness of every single person, thing, and being in existence. The goal is self-love, Rav Cook tells us. But we need to start with loving ourselves. And when we love ourselves, we can love ourself, the self we all share. So with that, I think we have a lot to unpack from Rav Cook. I'm curious if anyone had any questions or comments or feedback. A lot to unpack from Rav Cook. Whenever you go into Rav Cook, you are just diving into the depths of the ocean and picking out whatever pearls you can just scour back. Yeah, bye. Go for it. Hi, um, I just want to say thank you for the class. And I actually did have a, like a question. So, um, so the main thing is self love is um, being able to love others and everything like unconditionally, right? So I feel like that's the main concept. Yeah. So it's the idea that like the leaf, and holiness. 
So holiness, Rivka tells us, is wholeness. That when I'm a leaf on a tree, I don't just look at the leaf. I look at the entire tree. I look at the entire forest and I say, I'm not a leaf, period. I'm a leaf that is an outgrowth of a twig, that's an outgrowth of a, of a branch, that's an outgrowth of a trunk, that's an outgrowth of this entire forest, of the entire earth. And when you travel all the way down, you see that in reality, we're all part of the same root, Hashem. So when I'm loving myself, I go all the way down into the self and I discover Hashem. And that is kolela takol, includes everything. Okay. Um, wait, so the, the question that I have is, um, so would you say that there, there's like some cultures that nurture um, like unconditional love more so than others? Like, for example, there's collective cultures and, you know, they're more about teamwork and and looking out for each other whereas in the united states it's more like individual success and absolutely so Bre brene brown is a really why big... i'm like confused because we get like culturally conditioned mm -hmm. you know when like within, within any um culture that we're in um to kind of think in a certain way like you know from a young age you know what i mean like some 100 it's like like we're all competitors but if you forget that we're all on the same team that we're all part of one team oneself then there's no there are should only be winners that a winner for one team one player is a winner for me and Brene brown always says that you need vulnerability in a company vulnerability to make mistakes to have compassion to have kindness because there, even practically that's where you have creativity you have new ideas that people succeed may they may do well under pressure under anger under threat but people thrive in ways never seen before under love, under caring, under compassion, under understanding. So I definitely agree. I think that even shifting work culture and our culture in schools or in our families or in anywhere in our communities will definitely help bring about that love into our individual lives and bring the world closer to that vision. Yeah. yeah. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. For sure. Any other questions or comments? I guess something quick, certainly. Thank you. It was awesome. I was just like thinking coming off of left yes yesterday for shop is like the partial reading of Korach mm. and that Torah portion. I sort of wanted to maybe hear some thoughts, maybe of this community connect or anything you were pondering on. Yeah, absolutely. I think with Korach, oh you wanted to add or you were you were asking. Nah, I, was, I was curious. I feel like you presented things well. It's good. Yeah, so I think with Korach, you definitely can look at Korach and Korach, I think may have even been acting from a moral standpoint. I'm out there really trying to fight for every person and blah, blah, blah. But Korach's forgetting that in him trying to sacrifice Moshe and Aaron for himself, you can't, you don't win that way. You don't win that way. And you forget that you're a part of a greater self. And as part of a greater self, there's an order to things. That there, the body is not made up only of hearts and brains. There are lungs, there are kidneys, right? There are different parts of the organ. And everyone will have a different role and Rav Cook writes elsewhere about how even in, in a national sense, every nation is a different part of the body. And we're all a different organ. And together we make up one collective organ and the Jewish people are meant to be the heart. A different nation, the lungs, a different nation, the limbs, the bones, circul circulatory system. And together it makes it, but if you lose sight of that, if you're operating in self-love, then you're only in self-interest. As Rav Cook said, also, as I think he said in our second piece, it's the fake love. We want real love, not fake love. Fake love is it's me and my best interest. I want to take it on, not you. And you losing me winning, that's the goal. But with real love, you winning and me winning, a solution for both of us, that's the greatest win out there. Thank you. It's an awesome tour from our book. Thank you. Okay, great. Any other questions before we wrap up?
Okay, amazing. I hope that everyone is able to open themselves up to the love Rav Cook's trying to share with us. And I think to take away and put on the context lenses of Rav Cook every now and then to think and look at the world, just to sit and contemplate about how we're all part of oneself. We're all part of Hashem. We're all just trying to shine. Everyone's trying their best. And that once I'm able to love myself, can I love ourselves? And I think that's the goal that we're all striving for. So thank you guys so much. I had an amazing time. And yeah, enjoy your 4th of July and all the best.